letting you know what's going on without going on and on and on. Welcome to a fast-paced way to get caught up on all the day's biggest local stories from News Talk 830-WCCO. This is the All Local. With Monday's WCCO All Local, I'm Lindsay Peterson. Today's stories include fallout from the unrest at a DFL nominating event this past weekend, the sentencing of a man in the murder of four people in western Wisconsin, and a look at what might be our nicest week of weather so far this spring. But we begin at the state capitol. There's now just one week left in the 2023 Minnesota legislative session, and still a handful of bills need to be finalized, voted on, and signed. Among them, a public safety bill that would include background checks for private gun sales and a red flag law that allows a court to take a gun away from a person who is dangerous to themselves or others. Those items were added last week during conference committee negotiations and are in the public safety bill that passed the DFL-controlled state Senate by one vote, which follows party lines. The House votes on that public safety compromise today. Also left on the docket, paid family leave, legalizing recreational marijuana, and a bonding bill. Al Shock, News Talk WCCO. The Mayo Clinic has come out against a bill that regulates staffing at medical facilities, going so far as to threaten to pull construction projects out of Minnesota if the bill passes into law. Minnesota Hospital Association President Rahul Koran says there should not be an exclusive provision. If there's an alternative that is available to one healthcare organization in the state, it must be available to all hospitals and healthcare systems. We can't leave any patient in any part of the state behind. Dr. Koran telling WCCO's Adam and Jordana that the bill now in conference committee would cause tens of thousands of patients to lose access to hospital care. Unions representing nurses in Minnesota have long sought mandated staffing levels. Laura Oaks, News Talk 830 WCCO. It's still not known if any action will be taken against those who disrupted the Democratic Party's nominating convention for a Minneapolis City Council seat. Video taken at the nominating convention shows supporters of Ward 10 candidate Nasri Warsami storming the stage, shutting down Councilmember Aisha Chugtai's campaign workers. The convention chairman was seen trying to restore order, but eventually the proceedings were stopped and no one was endorsed. Minneapolis police eventually arrived, but no one was arrested. There was one person who needed hospital treatment for injuries. Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry posted on social media that the behavior was not okay and it has no place in our democracy or our politics. DFL State Chair Ken Martin apologized for the unrest and says he'll propose a bylaw to the party's state executive committee to expel anyone who engages in violent activity. Al Shock, Newstalk 830, WCCO. The chaotic display leading to the convention being stopped without making an endorsement is what WCCO political analyst Boyce Olson calls a growing concern in Minneapolis politics. I remember a few years ago when Council President Andrea Jenkins was cornered and not allowed to leave until she signed a piece of paper by activists. If you've seen the tone and tenor of some of the council meetings, civility is lost. Video from that incident can be found on our website, wccoradio.com. Major work on the Richfield to Edina road construction project on Interstate 494 is set to begin. Crews will be creating two new easy pass lanes on the interstate between Highway 100 and 35W with more work on overpasses and on-ramps. MnDOT's Jesse Johnson says there's a lot of work to be done. This project that's going essentially from Highway 100 to I-35W, and then the bridges, of course, in Richfield. This should go through the fall of 2026. So it actually is a three-year project. Safety will be emphasized while crews work on the roadway. More importantly, while we're doing work, just make sure that 
um, people are driving with caution and, and keeping safety in mind as they drive through work zones so that we can keep both uh, people on the road safe as well as our construction crews. There will be weekend, nighttime, and directional closures during the construction, along with the closing down of some ramps and loops. Al Shock, Newstock 830, WCCO. This is Laura Oaks. A judge sentences a man to more than 100 years in prison for the killing of four people whose bodies were found in an SUV in a western Wisconsin cornfield. Antoine Suggs was found guilty in the case last month. Investigators say the victims were shot in the head in September of 2021 in the Twin Cities and that Suggs then drove them to the cornfield, followed by his father, who was also charged in the case. St. Paul police are investigating after the latest in a string of attacks on mosques in the Twin Cities. Police say someone was caught on video walking into the Masid al-Sanaa Mosque on Peterson Street. That person was seen throwing a large rock at the front door, shattering the glass. The director of the mosque said they are sad, but also grateful that no one was hurt. It is the fifth time that someone has vandalized a Minnesota mosque so far this year. Last week, a Plymouth man was indicted on charges of arson and hate crimes after fires at two mosques in Minneapolis in April. Susie Jones, News Talk 830 WCCO. I'm Mark Fry. The Animal Humane Society says two of its adoption centers in Golden Valley and Coon Rapids are prepping to reopen this week. In total, three adoption centers closed last month due to the spread of canine influenza. Woodbury's location opened last week. The two other locations will open tomorrow, and that means hundreds of dogs, cats, and other pets will be available for adoption, including nearly 200 dogs that have recovered from canine influenza and are no longer contagious. A Twin Cities musician is hoping to help children struggling with mental illness using his music as the fuel for the movement. Here's Taylor Rivera. Tom Fugelberg is a creator of music project Songs Written in the Key of Hope. It is a Minneapolis-based songwriting project that makes it goal uh, spreading hope and love through music. The project already includes collaborators like Prince's longtime keyboardist and a former bandmate of Kelly Clarkson's. Fugelberg's goal is to create a fully realized project to raise funds for local youth and mental health services. How do we shine a ray of hope into the places that are sometimes the last places to receive it? Songs written in the key of hope desires to attract more musicians to the project as well as a local mental health organization partner. A Twin Cities doctor is weighing in on the recent and new guidelines on breast cancer screening. WCCO Susie Jones has more. The news did surprise me, actually. Dr. Abigail Maddens is a surgical oncologist at Hennepin Healthcare. She says the news that women should get their first mammogram at 40 not only surprised her, but was also a relief. People are starting to say, hey, you know, we're missing these cases. I mean, even in 2018, you know, the data that was put out, you've got about 17 to 20% of cases are all in women under 50. She says breast cancer in younger women grows faster than in older women, making it even more important to take heed. Your chances of survival, too, she says, much greater if caught early. This is Laura Oaks. A vigil continues today at the Minnesota Peace Officers Memorial on the state capitol grounds in St. Paul. One by one, officers are walking a lighted thin blue line that's embedded in the pavement in front of the monument. It leads up to a ceremony tonight honoring peace officers who have died in the line of duty in Minnesota. Finally today, some weekend rain helped green things up in the Twin Cities, but there was some much more significant precipitation in southern Minnesota. WCCO Chief Meteorologist Paul Douglas talks about the flooding and what looks like a gorgeous week ahead. 80 
tomorrow, low humidity. We did get ample rain over the weekend, close to an inch for some southern and western suburbs of the Twin Cities. The most I saw, close to eight Eight inches from the weekend storm, wave after wave of showers and storms down in Comfrey, where many uh, rivers still out of their banks, more streams than rivers, but definitely some flash flooding south of the Twin Cities over the weekend. Uh, Wednesday still looks nice, partly sunny. The only chance of rain really late Thursday into Friday, a few showers, maybe a clap of thunder. It cools off a little by the end of the week, but back up into the 70s this weekend. I see 70s next week. No stinking hot 80s or 90s. Just beautiful spring weather. The the weather we should have had back in April, we're getting now. And it looks fairly mild and fairly dry looking out the next two weeks. So I'm okay with that. Thanks for listening to WCCO's All Local. You can find each day's All Local and all of our podcasts at WCCORadio.com or by downloading the Odyssey app. I'm Lindsay Peterson, News Talk 830 WCCO.